Being a parent has never been for the faint of heart, but anyone raising kids today faces a barrage of challenges that can leave us feeling, well, kind of overwhelmed. That's true whether we're talking about boys or girls. I've got one boy and two girls, but when it comes to helping my girls, especially who are 13 and 14, through this maze of pop culture and technology, sometimes I feel like I need help. Maybe you feel that way too. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, raising girls in 2023 is no small thing, whether we're talking about specific pop culture influences or the omnipresent reality of social media, sometimes it feels like the potential threats and problems come at us faster than we know how to respond. So in our main conversation today, we'll be joined by Kristen Smith, Emily Chow, and our summer intern, Sarah Rasmussen. Hello, ladies. Hello. As well as our resident youth culture expert, Jonathan McKee, to talk about these issues and how to keep our proverbial head above the water when it feels like these storms are battering us as we raise our daughters. Can we ask them to say hello again? That just sounded so great. I just want to hear that again. (laughs) Okay, one, two, three. Ladies, go. Hello. Okay, forget it. Never mind. We rehearsed before. It was like in in three-part harmony. It was like Wilson Phillips. (laughs) It was like Wilson Phillips. Okay. Well, anyway, together we're going to be talking about how we keep our head above water there we go. as we raise daughters. And in our second segment, Bob Hoos joins us to talk about the new video game, Final Fantasy 16. Well, before we dive into our main conversation today, just a few housekeeping details. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to leave us a review too, because those reviews help people know what they can expect from the conversations we have about pop culture and technology each week. All right. So to get us started today, I want you to think back on your childhood and teen years, and we often start with some iteration of this. And for some of us, our childhood and teen years were further back than others. What would you say was the most influential entertainment and or technology that impacted your growth and your development as an adolescent? That's good. Maybe we should go in order of like uh, earliest to late. So I'll start because okay. I'll have the earliest technology here. This is right. Good. Because none you of had them were stones bo- and rocks. None right? of them were born yet. Uh, <laughs> but yet, no, you know what? I, I pong? honestly, you know what? You know what? Yeah, Pong. You know what popped in my head? <laughs> and, and, and ladies, I'll, I'll describe this to you. Okay. I was 10 or 11 years old and I wanted what every kid my age wanted. A Millennium Falcon? A clock radio. Oh, yeah, a clock radio. Okay. And, That's and true. at the time, this it's like so there really wasn't a lot for music. Your choices, you could have like, you know, your tape deck or the stereo with your with your vinyl, your albums. But the clock radio was kind of this thing where you could listen to music as you went to bed and you could set it to play for like 60 minutes and then turn off. It, and it was, was like a miracle. It was. It was like this amazing technology. <laughs> And honestly, as I go back now, they're looking and I at listen, you with totally blank I, I know, stares. But like. I listen to '80s lists now, and when I hear like Journey or Foreigner or you know, Sticks you think about your whatever, clock radio. I think of the first time I heard it on my clock radio. It wasn't just music; it was music as you fade off to sleep. And I'd say that honestly, I was probably exposed to a lot of music during that time and, and music and, you and were, we have the whole you conversation. You were almost asleep, so who knows how it was Yeah, yeah, who me. knows how it was affecting me, but yeah, the clock, <laughs> the clock radio. I love wow. that this impacted your development. 
<laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think I think explains really a great good. deal. I think yeah. music. I think music definitely does. We can go on that conversation, but I think yeah. the clock radio was the vehicle. This is good. Okay, Adam, you're next. Well, I will go next, and it's a reasonable segue. I have said before, for me at least, music in general was the thing. Yeah, music yeah. was what I escaped into. Jonathan, you will appreciate this. I had my dad's Marantz headphones, these ginormous oh, yeah. white headphones. They actually look a lot like the Beats headphones now, except they weren't trying to make a fashion statement. That's just what headphones looked yeah, like yeah, in 1975. Like and I'm sure they were better made than anything now. But I spent thousands and thousands, and I, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of hours in my room listening to music um, and just processing those ideas. And I think for me, one of the main themes with rock music is the theme of alienation, that I'm the outsider, nobody gets me, yeah, I'm alone. Exactly. Here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known, oh, like a drifter a I one. was born to walk alone, you know. Wow. But I've made up my mind. I ain't wasting no more time. Here I go. Here I go again. Thank you, yeah, David okay, Coverdale, yeah, nailing it with the white snake. <laughs> We'll be doing karaoke for a bonus podcast yeah, later. We should. Actually, we should. Guys, I feel that would like... be awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that that idea, you look back on it, every 16-year-old feels like they're alone, yeah. right? It's like the definition of being 16. But when you are reinforcing it over and over and over again. Now, again, in the grand scheme of things, is here I go again, the worst thing that ever Happened to me as a teenager? No, there were a lot of other things that probably were much worse. But w when I internalized those messages literally thousands of times, it does reinforce this narrative about yourself. So that would be my answer. Who would like to who would like to go next? Kristen, I'll I go, pick if you. If we're gonna go in like order of, you know, old to young, I'll go yes, next. Yes, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what we were doing. Okay. So I guess you're either medium young or medium old. Well, that's probably sure. medium old. So <laughs> I think mine. I would definitely probably have to say music and books. I feel like that's just for me across the board. But because we're talking about um, something specific today, I thought about magazines. And so probably oh, in the seventh What's grade. What's a magazine? What is that? It's a paper that has Subscribe pictures on it. a magazine for your yeah. teen girls. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Way Emma. better than what I saw. That's awesome. When I was in the seventh grade, I um, started public school. Um, and I, and that, and then it was all over. Well, right? no, I just, I remember <laughs> being so inundated with messages of needing to be thin. Yep. Mm. Um, like sickly thin. And I actually saw mm. a reel the other day. It's, it's called heroin chic now. Yeah. Because that's how sickly Lord, you looked. Help them. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of what it felt like, right? So when I I saw a reel that was talking about like '90s, early 2000s, like mm -hmm. throwbacks um, about what you were supposed to look like, and now it's really popular to be curvy, and that's like a thing. That was not the same for me growing up. Yeah. It was to be really, really thin, and I would sit with this group of girls in school that I felt really uncomfortable with and they would eat a bag of chips and have a drink and i felt like I that's what i usually eat. have for lunch <laughs> this is this is like not to like make a joke but you and i basically grew up i think we were like a year apart yeah but, um like i remember a lot of my friends actually had eating disorders i did it was so sad yeah like looking back i'm like oh yeah that person a hundred percent had an eating disorder and i didn't recognize it at the time because somehow i was like 
inundated against that. Yeah. Well, you didn't know. But I didn't know. Yeah. It wasn't until looking about. back, it makes me so sad because I'm just like, I wish I'd known. I, I wish I could have helped her or supported her somehow, you know? Yeah. And do you feel I like the sorry. magazines reinforce that, Kristen? Oh, yeah. Uh, commercials, magazines. I mean, Special K had a thing where they were like, if you're really, if you want to be really skinny, eat all of our products as marketing. Have a shake and eat our cereal. And here's a cereal bar. I remember and the I Special K diet. And I did that for yeah. a summer, right? I, I like subscribed to this thing where you had to be a certain like where you had to be a certain weight and it that went through college and not until after college that I felt like I like had a healthy relationship with food so Mm. anyway that's mine wow yeah that was good I'm just gonna riff right off of that because I was actually also going to bring up magazines um I don't I don't know if Brio magazine existed when I was a teenager. If it did. It, it did. Okay. Well, I wish I, I would have read it. Yeah. I know. I wish I had had that magazine, but um, I was unaware of that. So I was subscribing to like all of the teen specific. Teen so it was like yeah. Teen Vogue, yeah. uh, Cosmo 17, Teen, yeah, yeah. Seventeen, yep. all the teen magazines. I remember I would spend my allowance on those and those terribly affected my like self-esteem and self-image and whatnot and you know it was reinforced by the movies you know but with the same actresses who are in those magazines they'd be on screen movies and tv shows and then and then social media came along and just man that really threw a wrench in the gears of like any hope for self-esteem because well through college i would look at um, images posted by celebrities, images posted by just girls who I knew who were thinner than me. Yep. And just, it was so, so, so unhealthy. And even as things have shifted, as you mm-hmm. said, towards like, well, now it's popular Body to be positive. curvy. Yeah. You see, but that's like a different... Um, that has its own set of problems because now it's like, you know, you don't want to be too curvy or you're not curvy enough or something like that. So girls are still facing the issue of like, there's nothing that just says you are what you are and that's okay. You know, like it's always, you're either too big, too thin, too curvy, not curvy enough, too tall, too short, too whatever. Hmm. And it feels like all of these different influences in popular culture reinforce that sort of Mm -hmm discouraging narrative like whatever you are it's not good enough for me it's got to be youtube i'm the youngest one here and i think like youtube existed for almost as long as i have and (laughs) it was was very similar youtube girl (laughs) it's very similar where the youtube videos that i watched were about beauty and like all of these Mm -hmm. makeup brands that you can buy to make yourself look prettier or all of these clothing brands that are now in and i think some creators do a good job about emphasizing being yourself because they're real people and they're not necessarily selling a product but at the same time I just remember there was this one YouTuber that I watched and she had like buckets and buckets of makeup Mm -hmm. and I was like oh is that normal? Like, do I need to have buckets and buckets of makeup? Buckets of makeup. And I spent a lot of money on things that I did not need because it was normal to me based on what I've seen on YouTube. Exactly, exactly. That's great. Well, and I love the word that you've used. You used the word normal twice. Mm -hmm. Worldview has to do with answering, I think, more than any other question, what is normal, Mm -hmm. right? And so... When you live in these places, for Jonathan, it was normal to have a clock radio. Um, For me, it was normal to feel like I was an alien because I listened to too much White Snake. But what you're talking about, I mean, I'm making a little bit light of it, but you're saying, yeah, when you watch these 
these mm-hmm. things. And when you read these things, it is reinforcing this idea of this is normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm i sad for you, but I, I love the answer because I think it's really illustrative of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I also just want to point out, you and Jonathan are guys. Like, I am going to throw right. in no, the, no, that's the gender fair. card here. That's fair. Like, we had very different concerns and very mm-hmm. different standards of what was normal because right. they – weren't like the they may have, not that bad they may have observed it in the girls that they know but they definitely didn't feel it to the extent that we have as women yeah no, i'm I, just gonna throw that out no I think, I, I think that's totally fair um I, I do think the question of what is normal is one that teenagers whether they're male yeah. or female yeah yeah are grappling with and i think this is a great segue into the core part of our conversation today about how pop culture and technology are impacting girls growing up today. I said in the intro that growing up has never been easy, but I do think that young girls growing up today faces some challenges that didn't exist 10 or 20 years ago. And so Mm -hmm. just to kind of keep this conversation going, what would you say are some of the biggest things that have changed for them in terms of of entertainment and technology? And we've already sort of opened the, the door to that conversation. Sarah? You know, as soon as you say that, I think of my experience when I went to prom and I had Instagram and a bunch of social media during that time. And already, like prom day, you're looking around at all the other girls and yep. they all have like more beautiful dresses than you have. Like, how do they ever afford that? Mm-hmm. How do they afford this limo that they're all pulling up in? But with social Their media... Their dad's credit card. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but with social media, months before prom, I mm-hmm. saw these girls going to the boutiques that they bought their dresses at and their, like, getting ready party. Yep. And then Jeez. I saw, like, all of their pictures when they took mm-hmm. pictures at the Broadmoor and all of these beautiful places. And the Broadmoor's and a really nice hotel here yes, in Colorado Springs. Yes. It's expensive. Hotel. Very yes. expensive. <laughs> and... I never would have known these people's experiences if it weren't for social media. And because I was just like scrolling through before prom, I was so unhappy with my experience, even Mm. though. Oh, it's so good. Even though it's something that I never would have known if I didn't have social media. And I'll say good as in that's a good thing. I just that resonates because I did not have social media until I was in college. And I'm really thankful for that. My heart actually hurts for girls. I'm sure boys, too, but we're speaking we're speaking into our own experience yeah. and we are women. So. Right. And so I think yeah, growing up, I had magazines, but yeah. it felt like just enough to have to look around. I moved a lot. Okay. So I moved to new high schools where this one in particular where I was like weird and I didn't look like everybody and I didn't like dressing up and I liked different music. And so you look around at these girls at like the standard of beauty in every place yeah. and mm-hmm. you're not that standard of beauty. And it's you're not popular because of it or you're not in- included because of it. And it's just so fascinating because then you have social media, mm-hmm. right? Where everything is amplified. You can look Absolutely. on and there's this mm-hmm. constant conversation about what you should look like, how you should be. And you're just inundated with all of these messages. And I think if I would have had that constant stream, like just constantly looking at all of yeah. this stuff, no one can mm-hmm. retain that much information anyway. We're not meant to. Mm-hmm. But when you're constantly looking at that barrage of images, it has to be damaging. The word amplified was so good there. I'm so glad you said it because when you take what you and Emily shared earlier about the magazines, uh, social media is now taking that and it's just putting it on steroids. It's like you guys used to do it in the magazine, but you probably wouldn't start that. You probably didn't pick up the magazine every day for 
two or three hours, yep. no. you know, and just keep right. looking at the same images again. There were new images. Social to media look now at. provides yep. you with a steady stream new. of the newest yep. stuff. Not only the people at school that you wish you could look like, but at other schools and celebrities and everybody telling you this is how skinny you should be, this is how much makeup you should wear. You should have a bucket of it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know, and, and it and and that's why all these studies right now pretty much show the more time you spend on it the worse you feel about yourself. And it's not like we need to throw social media out totally, but the thing that social media has done is it's provided this amplified version of what that other stuff was and it's never ending and we just need to, we need to limit the amount of time we're spending soaking in this, hey, this is how you should look and by the way, you don't look this way. And I'm just going to point out that like this is like a pro-parenting tip. The only way that we're talking about this constant barrage. So social media learns based on what you have already yep. looked at. So it's like, even if you were just like, okay, I'm just not going to look at those things anymore. You have to block and unfollow all of the beauty influencers and yep. blogs and stuff that you're already following. And then honestly, you probably should take a social media detox on top of that just to like <laughs> kind of teach the algorithm, hey, I really don't want to see this stuff anymore. Please don't show it to me because otherwise it's just going to come back and it's going to keep showing you that stuff. Yeah, not to be like a crazy person, but this is really real. <laughs> like I, I, predatory behavior sex trafficking, like all this stuff is really real. And as a parent now, right, this can all connect so easily. You have a young girl who's insecure. Mm -hmm. You have someone who creates a fake profile who reaches out to this girl and like things can go down here really quickly. And I'm not trying to like freak everybody out because I know it doesn't happen probably to the majority, but it does happen. And when you watch and you see these images that make you feel insecure about who you are, your parents can look at you and affirm you all of the time. Oh yeah. There's no way it's going to balance out what you've been seeing. As as a former youth pastor with my husband, I thought it was really interesting. This is kind of an aside, but like we'd have these parents who would send their kids to us in hopes that like they would be different kids because they came (laughs) to one hour of youth service. I'm like, they're on TikTok for 30 hours. We can't fight that. No, you know, this is, this is kind of where like the limits and boundaries like across the board. And I don't, Maybe when I have teenagers, I'll feel differently. But right now, as a parent of a oh, my five year old's my oldest one, but I would just say like, no, like there's going to be boundaries. Period. You don't like me for it. Like I don't care. Like I'm trying to like help you. I don't know if that. Well, no, no, <laughs> well, I'm not there and it's, yet. And it's interesting too because whenever you see these studies that I think are amazing, are these studies where kids went away to a camp or or something where there was no cell signal and mm-hmm. they basically were detoxed, yes. as you just said earlier, for a week or two. And researchers, the thing that I think is funny is the researchers always predicted that there would be signs of like withdrawal and that there was going to be yeah. kids were going to be miserable. But in most of those studies, I, I'm nerdy enough to read all those studies. It's good though. Uh, in most of those studies, kids are like, wow. I, and the words they use is, I was more happy. Mm-hmm. I was more yep. satisfied. Mm-hmm. I was more fulfilled that week. Yeah. And Many of us, have, our kids have gone to like a Christian camp for a week or something where not only are they away from their devices, but they're hearing truth for a week instead yeah. of lies for a week. Yeah. And they come back and it's this life-changing experience for the week. Now, obviously we can't, like, well, let's send them to camp forever. But, uh, <laughs> but one Man, thing I we wish. can do is we can just take some little steps to yeah. create these kind of safe zones, these tech-free zones, whether that be dinner, for sure, 
keeping the phones out of the bedrooms at night, that kind of stuff like that. Because the difference between someone looking at that stuff, being exposed to that versus the person who from nine o'clock at night to midnight, one, two, which it happens yep. when devices are in the bedroom, keep those devices out of the bedroom. That's a huge step towards limiting some of this. And I'll say Adam said something offline before we got on this podcast. He was talking about your kids are going to emulate really what you do, right? And they're more than what you say, right? They're going to be paying attention to what you do. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I just had a really good conversation about getting an alarm clock that's not digital in our room. Right, so that the <laughs> first keep... thing you reach for is not your phone. Yes. Got... Because you know what? You reach for your phone. Yes. And you see your notifications that came in overnight. Yes, yeah. because parenting, FYI, is really hard. And I feel like sometimes I want to escape mentally at the end of the day yes. because I'm so exhausted. It does not give me a right to an escape. And I'm not entitled to it. And so having the ability to set it somewhere so that I can spend time with the Lord and the Holy Spirit and spend the next day like on a fresh page as opposed to scrolling, our kids are going to say, hey, I saw you on your phone and doing X, Y, and Z and paying attention to that when you're telling me I can't have technology. And so I think the boundary, I'm saying this for myself, like as a boundary for myself, in hopes that as my daughters get older, I have two little girls that I'm able to set like healthy boundaries for myself that they can see, you know, that's hard. No, I, I think that's exactly right. And I think that our kids are going to do what they see us doing. And I, I think one of the elements of this conversation is no matter what we're interested in on the internet, it's true of social media, but it's true of anything. The internet is functionally limitless and the internet is designed to get you to consume perpetually, Mm -hmm. right? I think I keep going back in my mind to this quote from the documentary, The Social Dilemma that was on Netflix a couple years ago. It's good. And the former president of Pinterest said, and I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit, he said, our goal is to get you to give us as much of your life as you will give us. And it's like, oh man, that's crazy. I always try to think of what are some examples of positive things we could do. Find some of these positive, fun things that we can do as a family because you're right. This is these are things we need to model. So if you find that family dinner, um, I remember as our yeah. family, we started actually a- after dinner, we started reading the word together. Mm-hmm. And, and and honestly, my kids, it was like, okay, hey, let's let's you know, hey, uh-huh. we're we're in the book of Mark. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but I'll never forget, my daughter was like, you know. Whenever you say we're going to read the Bible, I always, she was just being honest. She goes, I always think, oh, gee. She goes, but whenever we're done, I'm always glad we did. Yep. And I was like, I, I always remember that. So that was just like a habit we did. Another thing we did that was funny as a family is we'd, we'd turn technology off at a certain time. We'd sit around the fire and we'd actually read a book together. Mm-hmm. And we read out loud. My wife and I are actually reading right now. We go outside, we sit in these two lawn chairs. And we read like out loud to each other. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're empty nesters. <laughs> Sounds really nice, but actually. We, but we read out loud together. Um, we we would take like walks as families. We'd go on hikes. We do, And it's fun to find these things because as our kids taste some of these things, we're modeling these. Yeah. But they kind of go, then. I like, my kids would be like, I love it when we go out in a kayak. I love it when we go on these hikes. I And my kids liked when we read together. Mm-hmm. They liked No Tech Tuesdays. It was weird. You know, it's crazy because like, you know, they're making fun of you for being the little old couple. But my <laughs> yeah. husband and I read books out loud as well. So it's fun. It you is to, fun. You to enjoy it together. But you know, something I've learned is that, you know, 
I think that especially when you have hobbies that are screen based um, for me and my husband, it's video games. We've actually discovered that like sitting there on a Saturday, if that's all we do is play video games, by the end of the day, we're actually like we actually feel worse about ourselves yeah. because we sat in a chair or on the couch all day as opposed to so like we've actually started implementing a new rule where it's like, OK, the first half of our Saturday, we need to go out and physically do something yeah. that is not require our screens. That's so this good. Is so bad. For That's us. Good. I think one of the things, too, that we have to realize, as we've all talked about, is that you're going to see the images no matter what. Right. Even if you like take away the phone and like burn the magazines, yeah, like yeah, at yeah. some point, kids will. I mean, let's we're going to have a 17 like, burning party. <laughs> no, no, like standards, standards of beauty. I mean, like, yes. you're not wrong because think about like I'm thinking of like Jane Austen, like how much of those books are dedicated to talking about their outfits and yes. stuff. And yes. it's like so it's this is nothing new. Nothing new. It's just been amplified. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think as that happens, right, there are some anxieties, there are some fears. And I, I'm trying to put myself in my teenage shoes where you're insecure, even if you're popular, you're insecure. And there are things that you're working through. And so I think to have, to create a space, like I did not have perfect parents. I do not have perfect parents, but I love them. And I feel like my mom did a really good job of asking questions or at least listening when there Mm. were things. There are some ways, like you were saying, Adam, where like you're 16 and you feel like no one understands me, not even my parents, right? right? (laughs) But Maybe especially not my parents. Well, exactly. But to have this (laughs) space where you're like asking the conversations that need to be disassociated from social media, you're able to get out into nature or whatever and Mm -hmm. and talk or whatever that looks like. But to realize like that's going to happen and then we can have the conversation about like how you're feeling as you process this stuff. Mm. Mm. Well, and as we think about girls and the struggles that they're facing today, uh, that obviously the screen and the technology thing is a huge subset of this conversation. But what do you think girls wish their parents knew about the unique struggles that they face growing up today? I mean, I wish my parents knew that just FOMO and fear of missing out yep. is such a big thing. Yep. Like the answer, just get rid of social media. I mean, probably the right answer, but it's hard to do when you're 16 and Everyone literally all your friends right. have social media and they talk about like over the weekend, oh, I saw you did this on Instagram or like there's this new sound, there's this new thing on TikTok. It's it's truly like if you don't have social media, you are missing Weirdo. out on things yep. when you're a teenager. I think that going along with that there's like a standard of popularity where it's like mom dad i mean adam you experienced this with your son he wanted um a smartphone and you right. guys were anti-smartphone we got until, him a flip phone and he became the pariah of yeah, the universe you see, so like, there's like it's like okay so it's like it could be i need this piece of technology so that i can keep up with my peers or i need this certain brand of shoes in order to be considered, quote, normal. I need to dye my hair because everybody's walking into school tomorrow and we're all going to have new hairstyles. Like, there are standards that kids want to adhere Mm. to. And it's really hard, like, trying to convince your parents, like, okay, for example, and I'm going to use, this is, like, probably my biggest example, makeup. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup until a certain age, and I'm really glad about that now, but looking back i hated it because i was the yeah. only girl my it. age yep. who was not wearing makeup every one of my friends was wearing it <laughs> well and it seems like there is a tension here between as parents understanding our responsibility to set the boundaries yeah. even when our kids push back hard but also listening enough that we can say you know what 
I'm not crazy about this, or there might be good reasons to say no, but I understand that it's really important for you right now. Mm-hmm. And so that relationship, the rules and relationship mm-hmm. tension. Sarah? My parents did that really well. So I didn't have a phone until I was in high school. And I, every day, like in middle school, I would say, but all of my friends have phones. And yeah, that wasn't true. Exactly. And my parents would go on to name all of the people who, like me, did not have phones. Yeah. <laughs> but it really did feel like all of my friends had phones. And it was helpful that there was that boundary, but my parents also did listen to me. And I don't think they were planning on giving me a phone until later in high school. That, but that, That's such a beautiful example, because I think there's uh, if there's parents that are listening right now, uh, one thing that they might be thinking is, okay, so what's the answer? What, what's the answer? And this is yeah. why I get at my parent workshops. Yeah. Well, what age? What age is the right age? What apps should I allow them to have? Yeah. What shouldn't I? And, and that's where parenting gets very difficult. Yeah. Because on one hand, it's like, we're not saying no social media. Um, although it wouldn't necessarily be bad. Um, and, and, you know, we're not saying no phones, but you're saying wait for a phone, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's a lot of experts are saying uh, probably the biggest question I'm asked is, you know, what age? When should I? Most experts are now saying wait till high school. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is, I mean, you even look at like TikTok, for example. TikTok is having to change a bunch of their safety tips mm-hmm. and safety features. And most of those things are changing, are now changing to where, okay, not until you're 16 can you get these notifications or what. And when you see the ages at which they're allowing this to happen, they're being forced to do this when kids are quite old because they're realizing a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, yes, even a 15-year-old is having trouble deciphering, is this guy who's talking to me real or not? And that's the thing where I think when we, I've heard so many parents say, well, my 10-year-old, I'm worried about their safety because what if when they're done with soccer practice, they need a ride home? So I'm going to give them a phone for safety. No, that's not keeping them safe. You know, uh, millions of kids out there were able to do it. And you know what? There, there is are, a grown-up at soccer practice There is a grown-up at soccer practice. You can use their phone. And honestly, if oh, need be. You didn't have a phone when you were at soccer exactly. practice. Exactly. Okay. And, <laughs> and I say that. And, they, and I was the 13-year-old yeah. who got a phone yeah. because I had tennis practice for, for safety, after school. But, but, <laughs> and honestly, they make some pretty cool-looking phones now that aren't flip phones that dial out, but they don't have social media. Yeah. Most experts are saying, wait for social media until high school. It's a good idea. Um, What apps? It's tough. I mean, obviously the Bible app is good and Pornhub is bad, but it's like, what about TikTok? (laughs) You know, what do you do with something like that? It's right. and that's where as a parent you got to make a judgment. You get on TikTok yourself. And I think if you spend 5 or 10 minutes on TikTok you're going to realize I don't think I want my 13-year-old on this. Your 16-year-old maybe you're going to try to limit the time they yeah. spend on it. But those are the tough decisions in parenting. Yeah. I think one thing that I always come back to um in the social media conversation is that you're already talking about good or bad. Social media is amoral. If it's used for good, it can be a good thing. If it's used for bad, it can be a bad thing. It could also just be used for something neutral and still wind up on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. It's every experience is user based, you know? So it totally comes back to how your kid winds up using it in the end, whether they have a good experience or a bad experience. And based on what you're saying and what I've seen myself, the less you use it, the better experience you're going to have, ironically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think this has been a really great conversation just about the reality of how hard it is to raise daughters today. And anybody who's ever raised a child knows that parenting in general, boys and girls, it's hard. They're, they're going to be difficult moments, but it's a unique time 
And I hope that the things that we've been saying about this tension between relationship and boundaries, I hope that's encouraged you. And, and as Jonathan said, there's not a one size fits all answer, right? There's not a silver bullet for these problems, except that I think there is. And I think that that silver bullet is engaging relationally. And that as yeah. we do that, our kids know that we care about them. Our kids know that when we say no, it's not because we hate them and we're not listening to them. It's because we're trying to protect them. And they may push back really hard. Uh, but but again, I, I know that, that that tension is not easy. I'm, I'm battling with it with my own 16, 14, and 12-year-olds. So I'm right there in the midst of it. But I hope that what we've had to say today about the challenge of raising girls in 2023 has been encouraging for you. So thanks, everybody, for your contributions today. Yeah. Well, in our second segment today, Bob Hoos, our resident video game expert, is here to tell us about Final Fantasy. Let's see, XVI. So that's 16, 16 right? Wow. And, yep, you yep. know, cool. I, I can't help but laugh. I'm like, if it was really the Final Fantasy, <laughs> why are we on the 16th one of these? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is there anything that, you know, episode 16 brings in that we didn't see in the first 15? So well, tell li- us all a, about a it, Bob. Trivia, you know, when they first created back in 1987, the first Final Fantasy, it was actually sort of almost the final game that that company made because it because Square almost being the the main word here. Square Square Enix hadn't didn't survive. It was called Square Soft. Okay, and and so this was like their final game. This is all they were going to do, but it was so popular. That they went on to become low uh, decades yeah. later. Wow. We're on all number these, sixteen. Oh, so so they're, they've got all these uh, games that the, actually the early ones were really good. These pixel sort of turn-based RPGs, excellent games. Anyway, now <laughs> now we're into sixteen, and it is like a a movie-like huge game filled with with these deep characters and. And uh, lots of live action or full action, full action RPG combat. Okay. I mean, it's a it's a huge game, and it and that's and that's why everybody's talking about it. It's a triple A game that everybody everybody knows about Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. and they know about this new one. Um, what is the new one? Well, it's um, the the way they've been able to keep this series going is by not not making everything a sequel. Because you think, okay, if, yeah, I that was my question. Is it these standalones? Yeah, is it yeah. like one ongoing narrative? There, there have been some sequels, but uh, but this one's a, pretty much a standalone. It takes place in this um, fantasy world, classic fantasy world, you know, with swords and sandals and, and sandals, magic. And dragons and stuff. Yeah, and and it's essentially you you play as this guy who is trying to avenge his brother's murder. And his brother was this very important individual who was going to be the archduke of of this kingdom and and had these special powers. So you see, in this world of magic, only certain people can do the magic without these magic crystals. And this brother was one of them. And he could use this magic and summon icons, which are like these big monster things that they can send into battle on the on the battlefield. Well, anyway. in, within the Final Fantasy world, they are the equivalent of like lowercase g gods and goddesses. You're talking about anyway. the, the monsters? The icons, yeah. yeah, yeah like they yeah. are worshipped. Yeah. Anyway, all of that to say it is this big, broad, and it's and it's a very big game. I mean, this this is this has got a, a, a huge story that, 
oh, you'll play maybe 50 hours or so to get through it. Besides the story, the other main element is the combat. And, and that's one of the calling cards of the Final Fantasy series. You've got, you know, the, the regular run-of-the-mill stuff like combos and, and parries and blocks and all that sort of thing. But you've also got these special abilities. And that's where the, it ties into the icons because you use these icon abilities. And, and the, the goal is to sort of stack your character with the right abilities that you can that that's where the strategy comes in mm. because you're 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 creating these this character with these special abilities and each one of the special abilities have a cooldown period okay so so you can't use it one after another you, so you've got to strategize okay well how do i use a combination of these abilities so that i can let this one cool down while i'm using this one mm. and be able to uh, take it to all these massive armies or big bosses or whatever. So that's the real draw behind this game. And I think a lot of there are a lot of people that really enjoy this kind of the strategic kind element, of stri- strategy in in a fast paced, full action uh, combat arena. But but then there's the other page, other side of the coin. Let's say for all the good things. In this story, this is also one of, I think, three in the whole series uh, games that are M-rated. Yeah, I was going to ask. And that's that. this one's um, an Re- M-rated. Really M-rated. Yeah, I mean, we've is got... is it for violence or profanity well, or sexuality? Well, it's for all, all of the above, or, yes, okay. indeed. Um, it's very violent. You've got l- blood and guts. You've got limbs being ripped off. You've got mm. throats slashed, gushing... Uh, blood in different scenes. You've also got some really nasty profanity throughout. And see, that was one of the things that I actually found surprising because, you know, when I think of classic fantasy, I don't think of people yeah, dropping F-bombs, doesn't, you know? I mean, is that like the Game of Thrones effect? Or, it, well, that's I it. Mean, that's the thing. It has, Witcher, a, very, too. It yeah, has a very Game of Thrones feel about this game. In fact, I would probably say that this is the darkest Final Fantasy uh, I've seen hmm. um, because of those elements and it even and you know you mentioned sexuality there is some of that in there too um, there's one scene I won't tell you in detail but there is another scene that takes place in a brothel and so you get sound effects and all that oh. in the background and so yeah there's Gross. there's stuff here that parents probably would want to be aware of um, and the fact is that you think of a Final Fantasy game and you think just something fun and big and bombastic and it's all of those things but there's the negative aspect that parents need to be aware that an m rating is on a game for a reason yeah and you know that m rating has been around for a long time now but i still feel like people don't necessarily even understand what that really means both with television ratings Mm -hmm. and with game ratings and it feels to me bob and you can comment on this it feels like there are two issues here. We're invited into this really immersive experience. In video games especially, oh, yeah. you know, you're talking about 50, 60, and I'm sure there are side quests. Like if you oh, want to yeah. play this thing 100 hours, you probably can. So there's the time and stewardship and engagement element. But when you're encountering all this stuff, that just feels like another layer of of really problematic stuff for parents and families to have to sort through. Yeah, when we think about an R-rated movie, 
and we think, oh, there's all these problems in an R-rated movie. But you only sit in an R-rated movie for what, an hour and a half? Yeah, two 90 hours? minutes, two hours. I mean, when you're, when you're immersed Three in this- Three hours if it's a superhero movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you're immersed in this stuff for days- For yeah. 50 hours, that's two days for most guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for most guys. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm, I'm doing the math here. I think it's for everybody. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it from that perspective- it can it can have an impact. Now, sure, this isn't the worst of the M-rated games you've right. ever heard of, but it's got enough content that if you've got your kids sitting in front of it, they're going to walk away with all of that inside their brains. Yeah, you know, including that language. You guys were talking about uh, language and social media and all the other things you were talking about with the screens. Yep. Um, this is very much the same ballpark, but you don't recognize it. Yeah. You don't, you almost don't see it. Because you're you dive into this really immersive story, and you don't realize that it's all there, and it's just washing just over washing you. over you constantly. Yeah. Well, Bob, I'm glad that you dive into these things on behalf of parents, so that they can come to pluggedin.com and know exactly what we're dealing with. Yeah. Because sometimes I think as parents, again, we were talking in the first segment, we just are overwhelmed and. Plugged in exists, at least, you know, one of the reasons we exist is to be that sort of cheat sheet, you know, mm-hmm. oh, my child is interested in this. I have no idea what it is. You can come to pluggedin.com and um, especially with video games like these, we will get you up to speed and Bob will get you up to speed That's right. doing the heavy lifting here so that you don't have to. So thank you for letting us know what is going on in Final Fantasy 16. And I suspect it won't actually be the final fantasy but, uh, final, final when we fantasy. get to 17 <laughs> we will circle back and deal with that one too that's right thanks bob you bet well now it's time for a segment we call name that movie in which each of us gives a log line a sentence or two description of a movie and the rest of us have to guess what it is and this week i thought since we were talking about how media influences girls i would ask you guys to come up with something that was a female character in a movie so hmm. Anybody want to volunteer to lead us off before I pick? I think it ought to be a lady, right? Yeah, Ladies probably first. so. Emily, you want to lead us off? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a young woman embarrasses her mother by inviting a few of her mother's exes to a family function. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. See, it's a good thing. There you guys I go again. Right? And then we all, and the ABBA karaoke podcast will be later. That's right. And and you probably actually won't want to listen to it. Who wants to go next? Sarah, you want to go next? I can go next. All right. Okay. After following the man of her dreams, this leading lady launches a dream career instead. Oh, Hmm. boy. Man. Give us a hint. I'm thinking of like every rom com. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer like, okay, is career every rom com. <laughs> career versus of... man. She oh. follows her man to Harvard. Oh, Legally oh, Bond. Yes. Okay. Love Wait, you mean like it was hard? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll Mr. Do it. Hoos. I'll do it. Oh, awesome. A classic beauty jousts with a brutally handsome man in the heat of war. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you another one. All right, a classic Southern beauty mm. jousts with a brutally handsome man in the heat of war. Hmm. 
All I can think of is Gone with gone the Wind. wind. Like but that's, that's it. Is that it? Gone with the Wind. All right. That's Southern <laughs> was the key. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just, the jousting is what threw me off. And then you were like, Southern. And I was like, wait, hang on. This, well, those no, are not the I, same didn't, two I didn't mean joust like they had a big pole. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking about the video well, game joust. I, I just so. got back from Renaissance Fair, so I was thinking jousting. You were thinking joust. <laughs> so right. I, you said female lead, and I wrote this one, but for some reason... I'd have to go back. Maybe we'll have our listeners make it a contest and let us know if this is... I might have done this one before. I mean, not these exact words, because okay. I just wrote this, but I, I'm sitting there going, maybe I did this one. I don't know. It's a good one. Here we go. Um, a group of blue-collar workers answer a distress call and end up with an unwanted hitchhiker that eliminates them one at a time. <laughs> well, it's got to be a horror movie, right? If they're eliminated, oh, Alien! I was literally going to say that. Absolutely, Ripley. I was trying to think. think Are they blue collar workers? I might have done that. I might have done that before. I don't think you did, but I'm actually kind of amazed that I made that leap. So, (laughs) the hitchhiker being yep a xenomorph, a xenomorph, a A xeno what? Right? (laughs) Exactly. Game over, man. Game over. All right. A newcomer to a famous sci-fi franchise wrestles with her identity and wonders if she'll ever figured out who her parents are, even as she's chased by a guy in a mask who's likewise obsessed with his father and grandfather, too. Star Wars. Uh, Force <laughs> Awakens. Force Awakens. That's right. Oh, my god! I like to give enough clues that, you wow. know, it's just sort of low-hanging fruit. <laughs> that was a lot. I guess Although all lead. we had to do was say Star Wars. I mean, that's what right, yeah. right. I mean, I don't lead, start. You just know which I one. I know. I know. I'm, I'm a bear. Girl. Of... What girl? Change scene. <laughs> that was a good line. Exactly. Well, thanks again for taking some time to join us today. We love having you join our conversation. And we hope that as we have talked about how to connect with your daughter, we've given you some some things that you can think about, but we would love to hear about your experience too. What, what has given you hope and encouragement in your relationship with your daughter and what are your biggest pain points? Or you can also let us know what you think of the latest Final Fantasy game too, if that's something you've been playing. And that brings up another obvious question. How do you connect with us here at the Plugged In Show? And I'm really glad you asked. You can always find us on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And you can go to that website, thepluggedinshow.com, and leave us a voicemail as well. You'll see a little tab that will enable you to do that. And then each Monday, we're getting together for the Plugged In Show Aftercast. We talk about last week's show, we talk about the coming show, and we talk about what happened at the box office that weekend. We've had some really terrific interaction with a lot of you. So come join us and join that conversation as well. And we go live on Instagram at 3 p.m. Mountain Time on Mondays, and that's at Plugged In Team on Instagram each week. Well, Plugged In is part of the ministry of Focus on the Family, and we are here to help you navigate the world of entertainment and technology for your kids and your loved ones. We couldn't do that without your support. And when you donate to Focus on the Family today, a gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. You'll also find info on how to do that in the episode notes for today's show. As always, we love that you chose to spend some time with us today. We know you have lots of things that you could choose to do. We hope that you've laughed a little bit. We hope that you've learned some things and we hope that we've given you some practical pointers that will help you in your parenting journey. 
as you help your girls and boys to navigate the realm of entertainment and technology. And we look forward to joining you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the back seat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.